There are a few things professionally that are quite as anxiety-provoking as closing out your classroom for the end of the year. Today on Happier Music Teacher is your end-of-the-year teacher checklist. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Packing up at the end of the year and then unpacking again in a few months seems like something that's really unique to the teaching profession. It's also uniquely stressful physically and mentally at a time of the year when you're already probably at the max million physically. Here are a few ideas to help you out with that. My first and biggest idea is a punch list, and this is taken from the construction world, and literally it's a document prepared listing work that is not completed. Now, this is not the nice-to-haves. It is simply what must be done. I like to have a pen and paper. You might have another list-making system or another task management system, and during this time, I just methodically go through my calendar. I go looking around my classroom, the building, the physical checklist that I might be handed by my administrators, and I write down every single thing that is swirling around my mind, making me crazy in those last few weeks of school. And I know that it's hard to figure out what's going on, but like I said, just putting that pen to paper or putting in the notes up on your phone, however you process it, it will help you a ton to get it out of your head and onto paper where you can realistically deal with it. From there, this might just be me. I like to make a little box to the left of everything, literally for a check mark so that I can check it off the list as it gets completed. And nothing is too small to write on this list just to get it out of your brain and get onto paper so you can relax a little bit. Another thing I like to do, and I have been in both situations. I have been in situations where I have literally left with armloads of gifts at the end of the year. I have been on campuses where that was not economically feasible and I didn't have any end of the year goodies. And I certainly understand both. But if you are going to get the end of the year goodies, I feel like you have an obligation to write a thank you. Those parents took their time and money and energy to recognize you, so I feel like they deserve a thank you. It does not have to be the mother of all thank yous. I keep thank you notes in my desk for this very purpose, and as I open up the gifts, part of opening it is writing a thank you right that minute, and then getting it to the students immediately. You're going to feel good about it, and for your reputation, they're going to remember that you thought about the gift and took the care to thank them for the gift. And that's who you want to be as a music teacher. I was not very good at end of the year rituals as an adult, but I was a rock star at them as a child. I grew up in the country, and I also grew up in a household where soda was a pretty big treat. And we were a mile and a quarter west of the soda machine in town, a Pepsi machine to be exact. And something about my mind thought on the last day of school, man, a soda would just really hit the spot. So I would ride my bike a mile and a quarter into town, with my change, get the soda, sit down and enjoy the soda, bike back home, and thought it was the best thing ever. You might have your own version of this. You might have a happy hour with your team at the end. You might have, uh, you get a Starbucks drink yourself on the last day of school to celebrate. It might be something that you actually do at the beginning of the school year with convocation. I remember a bunch of my guy friends would go together to Burger Barn to celebrate. Think about what it might mean to you to really put a nice ending on the school year that happens all the time. It doesn't have to be my ritual. It can be a ritual that's personal to you. As you label and pack, think about future you. It does not have to be alphabetized, as I mentioned earlier. It does not have to be perfect. 
But you're going to want to have it organized enough so that when you come back in the fall, you're not hating yourself. Think about the supplies that you're going to need, your boxes, possibly tape, your Sharpie, organizing in zones, and also thinking about packing the things up last that you're going to need. There's no point in packing away your stapler and staple puller and tape and a pen first you're going to need those things all the way long. They can just get packed away at the very last second. I'm big on sticky notes. I would definitely leave those out until the end. So think about labeling and packing so that you can find it. Future you is going to be so grateful when you walk into a closet that is reasonably well organized. This might be a great way to get some student labor if possible or call in a favor from a friend, but it's going to feel a lot better when you like what you're seeing when you get into that closet and you're going to pack it in the fall. This next one's going to seem counterintuitive and only do it if it serves you. But I like to forage for the good stuff at the end of the year. I hate waste. Like, I hate waste. And unfortunately, part of getting rid of things at the end of the school year is you'll just see piles of perfectly good things thrown away in the trash or out in the hallway. I can't take it. I have found so many good things that were new in their packages as people were discarding them as they were retiring or maybe moving to another campus or maybe just didn't have room to store everything. Now, obviously, I wasn't gross. I wasn't digging through the trash or something, but I did look and if there were brand new bins that I could use for instruments, man, I'm going to do that. If there's decor that I see someone put in the lounge with a free sign and I don't have to buy it for my classroom the next year, why would I not? Now, this comes with a warning. You cannot and should not keep everything. And you need to think towards an eye with value. I remember for myself, there for a time, I was saving every Folgers coffee container that was empty until they were just overflowing out of my closet. I guess I thought that they were going to be part of some found percussion unit and they'd be wonderful. I didn't need them. They were actually just needed to be recycled immediately, if not sooner. So try to be discerning about that. While you're foraging for the good stuff, also keep in mind of discarding the things that are no longer of use. And you'll use your common sense. There may be someone else in your cohort who would love to have something and you can offer it up to them. Or if it is really, really straight up trash, like my folders containers, you have my complete and total permission slip to get rid of those without a shred of guilt. The next few ideas are not physical tasks to do, but they're more emotional things to handle. Whenever I'm in an interview situation and I have to give them one of my weaknesses, the one that I go to the most is that I get really task-oriented uh, to the point that I forget about being relational. For someone like me, I literally have to write down on that punch list that we were talking about to make sure I say nice goodbyes. So take the time to go to everyone on your team, say goodbye nicely for the summer, even if you're going to see them the next week for lunch. Take the time to go by the front office and say goodbye and thank you to all the people that made your life easier, um, the administrative assistants, the nurse, the principal, the assistant principal, everyone like that. So that you're really ending the school year on a note that you would like to with a very pleasant goodbye. People may also be stressed for time, so you don't want to take more time than they can. But literally take the two seconds and say a meaningful goodbye to everyone on your campus. If it's necessary, and I always feel like for me, it almost always is on some level, Go ahead and make amends with anyone that you feel like you might need to for any reason. Now, hopefully this is not anything big or messy, um, but even if just things have maybe between a colleague have been a little awkward, I feel like there's no time like the present to make amends. I've been listening to Stephanie Gass, another podcaster, and she's been encouraging that. And I will tell you, it is awkward to say, um, yeah, about that. I'm sorry. I 
I feel like I handled that poorly. Will you please forgive me? And they might look at you a little bit funny, but I'll tell you there is nothing like the priceless peace of putting your head on the pillow at night and knowing that there is no one that you know of that you are not at complete and total peace with on your campus. On a more practical note, and my former district was great about this, go ahead and square away your professional development before you step foot off the campus. Whether you're taking levels courses this summer, best of luck to you. If you are going to Artie and Denise, which I highly recommend. If you are doing a book study, whatever it is that you have going on for professional development, go ahead and get all of that squared away from your finances. If maybe you have a purchase order you need to get taken care of at school. You don't want to be messing with the summer and trying to catch people in the office. Whether it is the paperwork, the permission for it, uh, the travel plans, purchasing things, registering, whatever it might be, I love the feeling of when I shut that car door to drive away from campus, I can fully drive away from all those responsibilities and know that they're handled, even if it takes a little bit longer or it's more stressful up front. Along those same lines, it's highly likely that you are going to have evaluations from this school year. Formal evaluations, summative evaluations, however your state and district handles it, there's probably some type of paperwork digital or physical regarding that. I will tell you it is much better, and let me tell you how I know, to have this squared away, saved, all in one place, so that when you do need it, you're not scrambling. Hopefully you're able to find the campus of your dreams and stay there forever, but even even if you're just looking for a promotion, you might need to put your hands on those papers and it's much better to have it organized. And you may not always be in that same district with those same papers to easily access. So take care of it now, save them to your personal files at home so you can always easily lay hands on your evaluations. Here's a bonus tip for you. I have not found an end of the school year ever when I was not ready to just physically sleep hard at the end of the day when I got home. So go ahead and plan on that in advance. Go ahead and get the takeout for your family. Go ahead and let them know or make plans, get childcare, have them go on a play date, whatever you need to do to get that squared away and plan on sleeping for a solid couple hours and waking up groggy, eating some food, and then going back to sleep again. It's okay. Before I recap our action steps today, I want to tell you an embarrassing story about me. Man, there's plenty. But the one that's coming to mind right now was probably over 20 years ago. My sister-in-law was getting married and my mother-in-law and father-in-law treated us to a cruise as part of the wedding. My sister-in-law actually got married on the cruise ship. Well, I was freshly off of Weight Watchers and had lost a lot of weight and was still in that diet frame of mind um, when we came to the first night's dinner. We were all dressed up in the dining hall or whatever they call it on the cruise ship. And I ordered one of everything off the light menu. And man, when it came, it was just ridiculous. The server would come with a soup and then a salad and then a sorbet, a fish dish, a meat dish, on and on, because I thought the whole thing was a light menu instead of choose one appetizer, choose one main course and choose one dessert. I guess I thought that more was better. As you're accomplishing these steps, I really want to encourage you, you do not have to order everything off the menu. There may be things I'm saying that do not fit you or your situation, that you don't have time or energy to. They just don't sound like you. They sound more like Beth Duhan than you. Totally fine. I would rather give you a ton to choose from and you can pick and choose what fits you best. But under no circumstance do you have to feel pressured. Goodness, self-care should make you feel better than not worse. Am I right? Let's recap some of those things you might do for the end of the year checklist. 
You're going to write a punch list. You're going to write out those thank yous as soon as you receive the end of the year gifts. You're going to think about an end of the year ritual if you don't have one already. Something simple and fun for you that really makes the year feel finished. You're going to label and pack a way that future you is going to appreciate. You're going to say your goodbyes to everyone on campus in a way you feel good about. You're going to square away your PD. You're going to forage for the good stuff if that makes sense for you and discard anything that does not fit that. You're going to make amends if necessary with student, faculty, staff, anyone on your building that you feel like you would like to have a better relationship with. You're going to physically save your evaluations or save them digitally. And your bonus tip is you're going to plan to crash for a good solid couple hours when you get home that day. I'd love to find out how these ideas are working for you. Feel free to email me at bethduhan at me.com or you can send me a private message on Facebook, Beth Duhon. Looking for more self-care in an easy to digest format? Purchase Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School, available on F-flat Books. Today's Mindset Minute is going to address the idea that some beats none. This idea comes from author, podcaster, and speaker John Acuff, who is really one of my favorite people in the space. And he, all of his things address beating perfectionism. And I will say, as music educators, we have a double dose of this for sure. And at this time of year, when you might be crawling across the finish line of the school year, you definitely might be battling that perfectionism monster. So what we're going to say is that some beats none. Is it going to be as good to walk around your block as a full workout? No, but some beats none. Is it going to be better to have all your closet perfectly alphabetized and organized and ready to open for the next year, but you're not there? Some beats none. At least you put your things away. What I'd love to do is to have you start thinking about mindset as part of your self-care. Some of these things that we believe that are lies or harmful are so deeply ingrained, we don't even know it anymore. So the next time you catch yourself in that all or nothing thinking, and it has to be perfect or zero, or it's a zero-sum game, I really want you to stop, correct yourself, and tell yourself that some beats none. Cold cereal for dinner is better than no dinner. Cleaning for 10 minutes is better than cleaning none. Frequently with productivity, we'll find we're our own or worst enemy and our own harshest critic. So instead, dial back the pressure and give yourself permission that some beats none when you feel like doing zero. This week's podcast, People and Promotion Spotlight, shines on Jen Rafferty, her brand is Empowered Educator. I discovered Jen, like I discover a lot of great people, um, on a podcast. She was a guest on another music education podcast, and I just loved her point of view. So I immediately scheduled a Discover call with her, and she was so generous with her time and her advice and her guidance. I um, even had the privilege to be an entrepreneur mastermind with her. She is a TEDx speaker. She is an Amazon bestselling author of A Place in the Staff, Finding Your Way as a Music Teacher, which I highly recommend. She also has a wonderful podcast, Take Notes, and she has amazing guests. Think Laura Vanderkam. Think Amelia Nagowski. Big time. And it's really well done and well produced. Like I said, can't get enough of Jen. I think you're going to love her and her work. Check it out. Jen Rafferty, Empowered Educator. On next week's episode, did you know there's a way to do summer wrong? I'm going to help you know what to do about it. Today's featured review of the week comes from Senora Fuddy Duddy. Great name. Happier music teacher. Beth Duhon speaks the unvarnished truth about being a music teacher. 
Her insights come from experience, and she offers advice in small, actionable steps that everyone can do to make life as a music teacher, well, happier. Thank you, Senora Fuddy Duddy. If you're enjoying Happier Music Teacher, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe as well. Thank you. Today's verse of the week is from Ecclesiastes 3. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.